Hello listeners, Dames and Dragons is brought to you today and every day henceforth by Don't Split the Podcast Network. They make podcasts about games, tabletop, video, and board. But don't you dare bring up sports games. Uttering such a curse will bring down a pox upon your household. Dames and Dragons is the newest addition to this gaming podcast network. So check them out at don'tsplitthepodcastnetwork.com. And now for your regularly scheduled episode. It's Hannah Cole, but she's the king of the school. She's better than everybody in the school. She's hip and she's awesome. All the girls know her name. Hannah Cole, but that is her name. It's Hannah Colburn, everyone! Oh my Yes, yeah. so this is our great friend, Hannah Colbert. Uh, she is going to be a guest voice on today's episode. Um, you may have heard her voice if you listen to our Q&A, delivering those delicious cues for us, being super A-Z. Hey, nice. <laughs> Hannah, tell, tell us about yourself and your dreams and your hopes. Okay, well, I was born in a log cabin. <laughs> um, I'm a dirty little goblin, and I like to make art, and I went to school with these fools. And <laughs> She's the king of the school. I, was, yeah. I am still the king of the school. <laughs> I may be a 25-year-old adult, but I'm still the king of that school. <laughs> Let me tell you. Uh, revel in them glory days. Yep, <laughs> them glory. I've never gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Hannah, for that beautiful serenade of your life story. So let's uh, let's play D and D. I don't That's know. exactly how our song sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm your DM. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Caitlin. I'm mentally present. I play Corbin, who's a druid and a human and is level five. Hello, I am Sophia, and I play Laika, a tiefling paladin, and they are level five. And are you mentally present? <laughs> I am uh, not mentally present, but I am physically present. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. You're sitting across the table. Yeah. Thanks for the update. Hmm. Um, Hi, I'm Noelle. I play Fran, who's a water soul genasi wizard. Uh, Like I said last time, I'm 10 levels ahead of everyone else. Um, (laughs) But I just am really bad at playing D&D. I'm mentally present, but not physically. Hmm. That's spooky. (laughs) Who's there? Who's sitting over there then? Who is that? Just a just a incorporeal cloud man. <laughs> hey, cloud man! The hey. smoke monster from Lost. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. So Corbin and Fran. Last time after you uh, died, you woke up in a band of orcs who seemed to be very friendly, uh, and you subsequently discovered that you do not speak the language of uh, the world below. You cannot understand anyone. And uh, they had rescued you from the clutches of the boulette. You used your magic, which they didn't seem to know about, and you believe that you convinced them that you are gods. While you were traveling with these orcs across the desert, uh, you found the top of Estra's library. You found Luel, the receptionist that you had met before, and she was crushed under a bookcase, and you were unable to save her. However, together you and the orcs saved as many books as you could from the ruins of the Estra Library before speeding off into the desert. Meanwhile, Laika, uh, you chose to save Zerun, your elder wolf, your, your giant grandpa, <laughs> and you started your trek into the desert with Zerun, Jinji, and the still unconscious goddess. You were 
starving, extremely dehydrated, before you found an oasis where you were greeted by a camel. It said, what are you? I'm, I'm going to explain. It's because you have those amulets. Um, you have amulets oh, that lets you talk to animals. Oh, that's so cool. But it's not really like, it doesn't sound the same as when you're speaking with Jinji and you hear Jinji's thoughts. Like, you can tell what it's thinking, but it's not really words. And it feels very weird in your brain. Like, you're having a lot of trouble wrapping your brain around this. And while you're staring at this camel which you've never seen before. You don't know what this thing is. A second one comes over and starts nosing at the goddess. And Zarun immediately gets up and steps over the goddess and his hackles are raised. He's growling at this creature. Uh, and it, it scampers back. And it's about this point that you realize all around you are people. During the night, dozens of caravans have arrived and they're setting up a marketplace just around the oasis yeah all right well i get up and i say land who (laughs) zarun he looks at you and he goes this is not the time for jokes grandpa i'm not joking this is very serious just keep your cool and let's get the goddess back up on you so are the people around us are they human there's a mix there are humans There are a few scattered elves. You see a couple halflings, um, a gnome. Mostly humans, but pretty diverse. Okay. So the camels are continuing to sort of nose around the goddess. And uh, one of them is sort of starting to like lick at her hair and going, taste weird. Taste. Not for eating. Not for eating. Hi, it's nice to meet you. What are your camel guys' names? So uh, camel one sort of tilts its head and the other one continues to lick at the goddess's face. Okay, I'm I'm pulling the goddess away. I'm picking her up. So as you go to grab her, her eyes open and she looks up at you. At first, it seems like she doesn't quite recognize you. And then she sits up very slowly and the camel's continuing to lick her face. So she she shoves this camel away from her. And she starts to sign to you. And then it remembers that you can't understand her sign language. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to give me a thumbs up for yes, a thumbs down for no. And then we'll you can teach me along the way. We'll figure this out. But I need to ask you some quick questions, okay? Um, the goddess is... You can tell she's listening, but she's looking around slowly at first. It's sort of nodding as you speak. Can I make a medicine check on her? Sure, yeah. Okay. Eleven. Um, you bend down and sort of check her pulse and check her, sort of see where her, her temperature is at, core temperature is at wise. Um, considering you do remember that last time when she passed out, she was ice cold. Her temperature's up. It's actually pretty high, but it is also, you are in a desert. She doesn't seem to have any external injuries, but she's dazed. So I'm going to say to Zerun, uh, Grandpa, keep an eye on the goddess. I'm going to go talk to these people. Uh, the goddess grabs your hand before you try and go. Yeah. And she very slowly, and her hands are very shaky, but she writes in the air with this golden light. And what she writes to you is, where are we? That's what I'm trying to find out, but we are on the world below. Do you remember Estra falling? She writes out slowly again. Estra is gone, isn't it? Yes. Well, as far as I know, but we got separated from everyone else. It's possible there are more survivors. She she grits her teeth and tries to stand up, and she's wiping tears away from her eyes, but she can't quite support herself. She's still right. so weak. So Zarun, he puts himself under her, and he says... My goddess, climb on my back. I will carry you. And at first she doesn't want to do this, and she tries to stand again, but she just can't do it. So she reluctantly climbs onto his back, and she sort of motions to you that, like, to lead the way. Okay. All right. I just want to say, you know, we're going to figure out what happened and do what we can. This isn't your fault. It's Torva's fault. And she... 
shakes her head and sort of holds up a hand just to stop. Right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm 16, probably. I can't remember. But anyways, I'm just a teen girl. I'm trying to deal with all this shit. I lost my home, too. And just know that I'm still following my duty to protect you as your guardian. But I'm also freaking out losing my mind. But it's totally cool. And we'll we'll deal with this later. Please ride my giant grandpa. And I will, please. <laughs> I will... I will take care of this. So I lead the way to go um, introduce ourselves. As, before you walk away, yeah, uh, the goddess reaches out and she grabs your hand and she gives it a squeeze. Okay. I die inside and I just act really cool and nonchalant and keep walking. Okay. Um, so there are about a dozen caravans setting up right now. Six of those caravans are entirely human. Um, Do I see any tieflings? No. Okay, so I don't know if tieflings exist here. Well, people like are definitely giving you some sidelong looks, but yeah. no one's approaching you. I'm waving to them. Okay. Whenever someone like looks at me or makes eye contact. Um. So at one point you do, you make eye contact with a human child. Yeah. And she waves at you really excitedly. And then a woman comes and grabs the girl's waving hand and sort of steers her away. Cool. <laughs> so I'm going to go up to just the closest person then. Okay. So uh, this is, say, a human man looks at you and he says something, but you do not understand him. I say, hello. He gives you a weird look and he says something else. But again, you don't know what he's saying. I say, <laughs> an infernal. Doesn't understand. And actually, I'm going to have you make a uh, roll in intelligence check. Oh, that's a natural 20. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what you you realize as you're listening to him speak, it's like you can almost understand him. It's like you feel like you should be able to understand this language, but you just can't. It doesn't sound right to you. And like you can you can understand some words, but they don't seem like they're the words that would be in this context. And it's very perplexing. Okay, that's great. I'm uh, in that case, I'm going to go back to the camels. Oh, okay. Uh, the camels that are tied up by the oasis, they're drinking some water, uh, munching on some leaves, and they look at you again as you come over. And they say, you, you, different, you, different. Me, different. Food? Uh, I have nothing and I'm, uh, maybe later. Anyways, so you're the only, uh, being that I can understand here. Uh, what do you, you guys are Campbell, Campbell and Soup? Water. <laughs> All right, so you guys, your species is water. I understand. Anyways, so here's basically what I what I need to ask you. We are from a, a world, a different world than this one, a world above yours, floating island. And I point to the water and I say, uh, "That does that's not going to help you." Uh, <laughs> shit. Um, this is hard to explain. Let's just say we come from a different land. We didn't think there was anyone who lived here. Can you tell me what you know about this world? And the camel looks at the other camel, and that ca the second camel sort of comes over, and it starts licking the goddess again, and it says, salty, good. <laughs> okay, this is informative. Thank you. Man, get food. Ah, uh, where's your man? I would love to meet him. Man man okay <laughs> so can the goddess understand this or do you understand this she shakes her head she she doesn't have the amulets that you guys have right uh she can understand the greater beasts innately right but so so far what i have is a communication barrier of language sort of similar to the one that we are having a little less worse I mean, shit. It's ours is better. We we we're getting somewhere. She holds up a hand. Just like, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Okay. Um. Okay. So one camel looks at the other camel, and says, "Food." And the second camel goes, "Man, food." And then they look sort of off into the caravan uh, market. Again, incredibly helpful. Just. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to 
go on that and walk in that direction. Well, so as you're walking in that direction, um, and people have they've gotten their shops uh, set up now. Yeah. Or they're they're getting closer to that, and people are starting to mill about more and uh, look at each other's wares, and uh, you see more more caravans are arriving. Like this market is getting really busy, really cool. fast, and then you smell it, food. You smell food and it smells so good because all you have had is lizard for like two days. And Zerun immediately picks up that scent and just starts heading towards it. Grandpa, chill out. We're going to get there. He just sort of grumbles something and he's got his notes to the ground, sniffing out sniffing out the food. He's a little hangry. He's possibly a little hangry. I mean, he's an enormous wolf and all he's had is like a part of a lizard. Yeah. So as you're uh, wandering around the market and you're getting closer to this food smell, people start calling out to you. There are people who are sort of barking different words at you and <laughs> offering you things. So one man, he uh, grabs your, your hand as you're passing by and he puts a bracelet on your wrist and he says something and then he holds out a hand to you. I give him a high five. He starts to get angry. And he starts yelling at you when he grabs the bracelet off your wrist. I say sorry, even though I know he can't understand me because I'm scared and I quickly walk away. Well, at, before you walk away, the goddess takes this man's hand as the rune passes. And she it's usually the thing that she does, you know, where she, she takes someone's hand and gives them that peaceful look and they calm down. Yeah. Only it, this doesn't work. And the man rips his hand away from hers and he starts shouting at her and she's taken aback like her her eyes go wide and she just shrinks back i just say it's okay we're just having some some culture shock this is fine and i just quickly walk away <laughs> okay well the goddess follows you uh okay. goddess in zarun where's Jinji? by the way Jinji's just following okay Jinji's with you unless she's off doing something else i don't know she's your wolf I, I guess my one instruction would be like if you hear someone who can speak the same language we can let me know. <laughs> okay. So after not too long, you do get to the food tent, which is it's a big open canopy and several grills have been set up and people are, uh, and I say grill, it's more like it's a, it's a hot stone over an open fire. So they're grilling kebabs. There's uh, little fruit pies being made, like hand fruit pies that are made on these open f- flames. Oh, and there's also this steamed leaves full of meat and vegetables, and it just all smells so good. Uh, What do you want to do? So I'm going to buy food for us. What do you want to buy? We'll go for the meat and vegetables, the kebab, and the fruit pie. All of it? We can, like, share amongst ourselves. Okay, so one of each. Wait, what's... I got to figure out what's the cheapest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What... Actually, what's the biggest line? It's pretty early in the day still, so there aren't very many people sitting around eating um there aren't any lines yet it looks like people are really just starting to get going with their cooking sure so how do you want to try and figure this out i'm just gonna walk up to the steamed meat place okay and point at it okay so you point at it uh and the woman behind the stall she holds up three fingers i pull out three gold pieces so the woman looks at you and her eyes go so wide. I take two back and I <laughs> offer one gold piece. She looks at you and she shakes her head. She holds up three fingers again. I'm going to roll charisma. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to do a backflip. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Thank God. All right. That is 21. <laughs> okay. So you do this and she looks unamused, but also sick of you. And so she hands you a very small meat and vegetable steam and hands it to you, takes your gold piece and walks away. All right, great. Well, I got one. I give it to Zarun and then I move to the kebab stall. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zarun just eats that in one bite. Yeah, I'm sure. He's going to need a lot. He's a grandpa. Anyways, um, I'm going to go up to the kebab stall and try and work my charms once again with uh, some some knowledge now. Okay. Uh, so what do you offer them? I just want to see, what are other people using? There aren't very many people here, so you don't have a ton of opportunity to observe. But you see that the coins that are being used are roughly the equivalent size of a quarter. They're silvery, and they're kind of opalescent. 
but you can't figure out what they are. I'm going to use what I got then. So I go up and I put down one gold piece. Okay. The guy's eyes go very wide. And then I say three with my hands. (laughs) Uh, Why don't you roll a persuasion, I guess? Okay. Well, I have plus six persuasion, so that's 11. Okay. Uh, He looks at you and he looks you up and down. He shakes his head and he holds up. He points at your your gold piece and then holds up four. I shake my head no. He's and I turn around and I start to walk away and I'm like looking at the fruit seller like I'm gonna go there instead. He calls after you and he, he beckons you back. All right, I come back and he takes your gold piece and he hands you one skewer. I say, look over there. I'm okay. gonna roll. De- <laughs> Don't roll deception. deception. Yeah. That's 22. Okay, yeah, you do it. He looks over there and I want to grab three. And you kebabs. grab three three kebabs. Yeah, and, and I walk uh, away. Walk away. So as you're you're walking away with your spoils, and you, uh, I assume, give one to the goddess and uh, one to Gingy, and then I'll split mine with Zarun. Uh, you're good. So as you three are, uh, you four are sort of splitting your spoils. You hear something that you understand finally. Yeah. Good morrow, travelers. <laughs> Not ready for this. Okay. Oh my God! Hi. So, the person who approaches you, he was sitting, he's sitting at one of the long tables with a stack of books and a, a lovely breakfast set out before him. I, he uh, beckons you over to his table. We go, because I see that breakfast and I hear our shared language. <laughs> so, uh, Hannah, why don't you describe what you look like? Okay, so I'm tall, I'm an elf, I'm in... Um, scholar's robes and I have a pointed hat but it doesn't have like a brim mm. so it's more like a you know like a David the Gnome kind of hat. Okay so like a cone cone hat. Yeah. Okay. And he has like a dumb goofy smile and uh, he's a big nerd. Alright. That's your. That's your <laughs> Does he have glasses? Yes. Alright cool. Alright. Like little round ones? Yes. Or big nerd little, square little ones? Little round ones. Alright cool. Alright. And um, something else actually you also are wearing a uh, sash, a brilliant red sash with the uh, symbol of two birds with their wings spread in opposite directions and a arcane rune in the center. Yeah, I would be wearing that. Yeah. (laughs) It's the symbol of your university. So we walk over and I say, oh my God, I can understand you. Yes, I was quite surprised to hear your dialect here. Where are you? Where are we? Uh, well, specifically, or I mean, just yeah, I guess specifically. And who are? How do you? How can you understand me? Oh well, I assume you're a fellow scholar, are you not? You're speaking the old tongue. Oh, okay. So I'm just gonna sit down. I'm not even gonna let you invite me. I just sit down and I'm gonna have the goddess and yeah. we're gonna start eating your breakfast. Too. Yeah, the goddess she sort of slides on off of Zarun's back and onto the bench, and uh, Zarun comes over to sit next to the man and he sits uncomfortably close. All right, I'm into it. So, I'm not speaking an old language. This is the only language I know. I suspected that might be a possibility as well. You, you didn't come from, uh, it's ridiculous, but uh, you're not from the Fallen Island, are you? Yes. How, how do you know about, you know about us? Oh, well, it was quite loud, uh, as loud as it had been a, a thunderclap, really. Uh, people were quite shocked by the event. I, uh, you know. A lot of shit came came you, down, you know? You saw it. Uh, yeah, people saw that. Did you know we existed before you saw the explosion? I There'd been legends spoken of only, but now... We, we didn't know that there was anybody on the world below. We were told that everything had been destroyed, that Chorva burned the world below. And the goddess, I look over at the goddess, and then I like look away, because I'm mm-hmm. like, maybe I don't want to reveal that yet. Our our goddess, who was the leader of Estra, well, she she raised us up. She protected the last survivors, and we've lived there for two thousand years. How long? How long have you been here? I could ask you the same thing. One day. Why? <laughs> All right. We thought that Estra was only a legend. We weren't aware at all of the floating island as a matter of fact until 
you came crashing down. I mean, not you specifically, but you you get the idea. I, I got you. Anyway, what, uh, uh, holy shit, though. Uh, you gonna you gonna talk to me about this really big like mammal that you've? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. What's what's your name? Oh, I'm Professor Shah Alilias Cole. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I'm not changing. It. Okay. That's canon now. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a nickname? You could just call me Shah. That's great. Shah. Um, I'm Laika, and this is this is Arun. This is Gingy, and this is my friend. Mary, I point to the goddess. Uh, the goddess, she like looks at you for a minute and then sort of nods quickly, like yeah, yeah, sure, that's my name. Yeah, this is Mary. Tis a great pleasure to meet all of you. That sounds normal. <laughs> it doesn't it though? It's all really normal. So, Shah, you're. I point to the books. You're a liar. You like libraries. You. Books. Oh, I'm a professor. Yes, That's... books are quite important to me in my field. I can't believe, though, I'm getting the opportunity to meet someone from the fallen island who speaks the old tongue. I mean, there's so much linguistic knowledge you must have. I cannot wait to get right into it with you. Uh, I'm gonna let you down because I'm probably not the best person to be talking to about this stuff. Oh, surely you must be. Your, your voice is like crystals falling from a <laughs> from a goblet <laughs> made of spider silk. You are a really polite liar, and I appreciate that about you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and your voice is like a beautiful homemade muffin because I it's familiar to me. So I like that. Good. <laughs> Tell me, were you were you injured in the fall? Your your wings? What happened? My wings? Forgive me if I presume, but you were a tiefling, are you not? Yeah. So where I'm, are your wings? I'm I'm not a crow. I think you've got me mistaken for a crow. I'm afraid it is you who are mistaken, young lad. For I'm pretty sure I know a crow when I see one. <laughs> Well, I've seen a fair my, amount of tieflings in my day, and I've, I, I've read many a tome. My uh, best friend is a crow, so I think I would know. Wait, Corbin's your best friend? No, I'm just kidding. My, my second best friend. Gingy, you're my one true best friend. She nods and takes a, a big bite out of your breakfast, Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that's, that happened. All right. You, you think I, we, I have wings? Well... The tieflings here, at least, all do. I, I've never seen a tiefling without them. Ha! Huh. That's genetic evolution. Some something went weird there. Interesting. Uh, what about humans? Do humans have wings? No, humans don't have wings, generally speaking. And you're an elf. Where are you from? Well, originally I'm from Ilfra, but uh, I was. Well, I'm a professor, actually, of linguistics at the University of Madria. Though I don't suppose that helps you too much, seeing as you just fell from an island in the sky. Is it all like this? Desert? What? Desert? No, certainly not. What kind of shitty planet would that be? <laughs> uh, really, really dumb. No. Yes, our, our world is far greater than this, this desert. I mean, I suppose being from a floating island, it couldn't have been terribly large. But this world... I mean, it's it's the world. It's quite large. There's uh, deserts, there's mountains, oceans. I don't suppose you'd be familiar with those, though, would you? I know of some of that in theory, but I've never seen that before. Uh, I beseech thee, how how is it that you <laughs> and this strange party have come together and come here? Well, we landed in the ocean, and I mean, it is probably pretty lucky we survived, and we... Made it to the shore, and I kind of look at Zaroon because I'm like, oh, there's information I don't know that I want to share yet. Yeah, Zaroon, he gives you like a, a nod, like, yeah, you're you're doing the right thing, not sharing all this okay. information. And I just say, so yeah, we made it through the desert, and we found this oasis, and all these caravans started showing up, and you're the first person I've seen. All these people, I I told you, I I didn't know anyone was alive here, 
but I'm really grateful you are because I'm 16 or 17, I can't remember, and this is very traumatizing. Uh, Shah, you didn't happen to see any other survivors, did you, come from the sky? Ah, well, survivors. Well, I I haven't seen anyone like you, if, if that's what you mean. The way that you're dressed and your manner of speaking, I've never encountered anyone before who had such peculiarities. Huh. So why are you here? Are you studying? Yay, well, I was traveling with my field research group, and I heard tell of goblin texts which were being sold by a group of merchants here at the market, and so I split off. I simply had to get my hands on them. Being a professor of linguistics, I was quite eager to see what I could learn from them. Huh. What, what do goblins have that is... Well, they have a language. Oh, I study languages. <laughs> <laughs> That's what linguistics means. That's cool. Um, so what language is everybody speaking around here? Here? Oh, well, they're speaking common. What am I speaking? Old common? Old as balls common, more like. <laughs> huh. Does everyone speak this common? Nobody speaks old as balls common unless they're a scholar? Uh, basically, yeah. It's going to make things difficult. Uh, what about this? And I show him my gold coin. You guys don't use this, right? Gold? Yeah. Well, what's your money system? How much gold do you have? I show him my gold. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a nobleman on this island? No, just a guy. Good lord. I put my gold away really quickly. <laughs> I'm like, so what's like the exchange rate for one gold piece? Uh, one gold, that's what? Uh, that is 25 silver. How much is a kebab worth? Uh, a kebab? Well, half a silver, I suppose. Oh my fucking God. I look at the two sellers and I just like point to my eyes and I point at them and I shake my head and then I do like a, a pull my finger across my throat. Yeah, they're not paying attention to I you. do it anyways. Okay. You paid for kebabs with gold? I haggled as best I could, my my guy. I liketh the cut of your jib. <laughs> Thank you. So where are you going? Are you leaving now? Well, uh, once I collect the texts, I was going to visit the ruins. Perhaps uh, you m must have a great deal of knowledge about Estra. You could tell me all about the texts and tomes which might have fallen from your island, yes? Yeah, I, I'm not the best resource, but I can do what I can. In trade, can you try and teach me and my friend Mary some of this new common language? Uh, well, I suppose I can try. It is my field of study, though I don't know if I'm much of a teacher. <laughs> uh, Shaw, I, come on. I mean, uh, they do say the greatest scholars be not always the wisest persons, <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I've heard that, definitely. I could give it a shot. I believe in you, Shah, and also you're my only choice, so <laughs> that is part of that, too. Uh, I certainly am. <laughs> well, I must acquire these texts. It's quite important, so perhaps after lunch? And welcome to this. It's me, Noel. Oh, hi. I'm here too. My name is Caitlin. <laughs> That's Caitlin's name. She's joining us via satellite. <laughs> I'm literally in a satellite orbiting above planet Earth right now, and I'm joining via that. She's beaming down. Um, so yeah, as you may have heard from the incredible and very serious announcement at the beginning of this episode, we have joined a podcast network. Um, we are very excited about it. Basically, this means that we'll probably be having some sponsorships and we'll also be advertising for other podcasts on their network. And who else brought us our podcast today, Caitlin? So somebody else did hand deliver this podcast today to you. And if you're wondering, like, <laughs> why did I have to go to my front door to listen to Dames and Dragons today? And like, I saw an audible employee standing on my front doorstep <laughs> handing me the podcast. It's because our sponsor today is 
audible.com, which I'm sure if you've ever listened to a podcast before, you've heard about. But in case this is the first time you've ever listened to a podcast and you randomly decided to pick episode 12 of Dames and Dragons. Welcome. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. First of all, welcome. Please go back and listen to episode one. I mean, I guess you don't have to, but <laughs> things will make more sense. But. Just guess. Just guess. Yeah, Follow your I mean, truth. Get creative. Put the story together yourself. But go to www.audibletrial.com slash DSPN. D is in dog. SPN. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, if you go to audible.com and you click browse and you go to sci-fi and fantasy, which is my genre of choice, you can see that they have 177 Star Wars novels, <gasps> 107 Star Trek novels, <gasps> 514 space operas, which is what? awesome. I love space operas. So yeah, go check out audible.com. Seems, seems really cool. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I also want to thank our Patreon donors this month. Uh, we have Joseph L, J L, Brian W, Lillian K, Sam G, and Hannah H. We cannot thank you guys enough for being so generous as to pledge your money so that we can keep producing Dames and Dragons and hopefully at higher and higher quality. And next, I want to just say a huge, huge thank you to our friend Hannah, who was kind enough to be our very first guest on the podcast and play the wonderful character of Shaw. Oh, gosh. Thanks, friends. It's been an incredible honor to be here. Do you want to plug your Tumblr and let people know what you're about? Um, yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of the show, and uh, I'm an illustrator. Uh, if people want to see my illustrations, I am Diamond in the Snuff on Tumblr. Um, or you can follow me on uh, Twitter or on Instagram at Not Even Look Bad. And you should definitely do that. Hannah's extremely talented. Hannah's amazing. And as you've already heard, she's like hilarious and awesome. So, And also, Hannah, just even outside of your guesting here, we really appreciate your um, support of our podcast. It seriously means a lot. Because you're one of the funniest people we all know. So. That's true. Yep. We all were extremely excited to have you. And like, when Kat was like, Hannah's going to be our first guest, we all like spontaneously imploded inside the group chat. So yeah, we screamed. Thanks, friends. And now for a message to Chantel. And the code word is James and Rudy. The sleeper agent is active. Go! Corbin and Fran, you have been on this sled for a long-ass time, and your butts hurt, and you have sand in your mouths, and the goggles have left those super uncomfortable and dorky imprints on your faces, <laughs> and you're starting to get pretty miserable. <laughs> How are you feeling? You guys can chat a little before we get into this. Hey, Corbin. How are you doing? Well, Fran, I'm feeling pretty miserable. I... Empathize. <laughs> I hope that you feel better soon. Thank you, friend. <laughs> you too. Uh, I am also feeling bad, and I love to express myself to my friends. <laughs> I consider us friends, Corbin. Aren't we friends? I love to have friends. <laughs> who suffer with me through my hardships, yes. Uh, relying on friends is so difficult. <laughs> it sure is hard to have emotions. Oh, Cozy was wrong. I should have just kept it all to myself. <laughs> what? 
Nothing, never mind. Friends! No. Friend, we're friends. <laughs> friends don't keep secrets from friends. Corbin, just go fuck yourself. <laughs> Friend, I'm a teenage boy. Don't make me take that literally. Fran just like holds up her goggles so they fill with sand and then like, puts them back on so she doesn't have to see you. <laughs> All right, so Corbin, you see up ahead of you as you guys crest this huge dune. In the distance, there is a colorful, bustling market uh, and surrounding a large oasis. Uh, and the orcs around you begin pointing and shouting and whooping and hollering. The, the creatures pulling those sleds, they speed up as they see the water up ahead. Uh, and you have to sort of grab onto the sled to keep from bouncing off of it. It's a big, colorful marketplace. It's about midday at this point, so things are in full swing here. So as the orcs circle their sleds on the outskirts of the market, immediately the merchants closest to them begin to pack up their things. And Cassie orcs these sidelong glances and they're, they're muttering dirty words as... Uh, your band of orcs starts unloading their sleds and you guys are able to get off of the book sled. Finally stretch your legs in the hot burning sands. And then as you are getting off and uh, emptying the sand from your goggles, Fran, <laughs> um, you notice that uh, Nodrig and the white-haired orc who was driving the sled full of books are getting into a pretty heated argument. They're, they're shouting at each other and at one point... The white-haired orc, she bares her teeth at him, hmm. and she spreads her arms out wide in front of the sled of books, and she will not budge. Uh, if I had to put money on what they're arguing about, I'd say that old Notrick over there is trying to sell those books. I would wager the same bet. So as you guys are deducing this, Nodrig, he backs off and he shakes his head and tosses up his hands. But he goes over to the bone sled and he picks up that enormous jawbone that he offered you guys the other day. Uh, and he comes over to you, Fran, and he holds it out to you. And then takes it back, motioning like, do you want it? Or should I keep it? I I, I just take it. And I I guess we're both really weak. How big is this thing? Oh, yeah, that thing is huge. So, yeah, you, you take it with you and it, like, immediately drops to the ground. You did not realize how heavy this thing was. You can drag it behind you because it's sand. Yeah. You know, it's pretty easy to drag things through. Mm -hmm. But like uh, a travel suitcase is fine. Yeah, it's, uh, it's super heavy, though. I say, Corbin, help me drag this thing. I grab onto, like, one of the teeth, but I don't make any effort to pick it up or do anything. I'm just holding it. I fucking hate you, Corbin. <laughs> what friend? I thought we were friends. Uh. So, Nodrick tries again, and he, he, he points to the jawbone, and then to the coins, and then to you, and then to himself, and then back at the coins, and then you guys. Jawbone, the coins, mm -hmm. himself, us. <laughs> yeah. And then the coins again. Corbin points at the sky and at the dog lizards. <laughs> Fran just points to her own smile that's very confused. <laughs> he looks behind him to where the orcs are starting to set up all of the different parts of the boulette and put them out for sale. And he points at that. Well, let's just try to go sell it and let's see if he tries to take our money, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, so are you just going to go off into the market dragging this thing along behind you? Well, actually, like, let's bring it over to the place where they're selling the rest of them. So you, you set up with your enormous jawbone next to the rest of the pile of bones. And the orcs who are manning the bone piles, they're looking at you and they're, they're kind of confused, but they seem like they're just going to go with it. I gesture magnanimously to our jawbone. Ah. Like, what a great jawbone. <laughs> so... People start to very slowly approach the orc caravan, and it seems to be only people who seem very grizzled, very tough. They are not the shy or faint of heart types. Hmm. And so these big, brawny, burly people are looking at things, and they're pointing, and they're haggling, and it starts to get pretty aggressive. One man comes up, and he's talking with the orc selling bones, and at a certain point, the orc bares her teeth and bangs her chest with one fist and the man imitates and bangs his chest with two fists and then she gets up and screams at him and he <laughs> holds up his hands and then he hands her some some money and can we see how much bones. money it is um make a perception check that's an 11 okay 
And Corbin, are you just not paying attention? <laughs> no, I'm just watching. I'm letting Fran do as much work as possible. I'm <laughs> that I need to come in. Okay. Should I also do a perception check? If you want. Right, this is it. something you also want to pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a two, so okay. useless. Uh, you can't tell exactly how much he hands her, but it is a fairly substantial amount, and he takes four ribs and the top jawbone, and then okay. he, he leaves. What do you mean by, like, a fairly substantial amount? Like, two handfuls or, like, a one, huge bag? <laughs> one small but heavy-looking purse. Okay. Uh, after a little bit, someone does come up, and he's looking at your, your fine jawbone. Oh, I Vanna White it up. Uh, <laughs> so he, he looks at you, and he gives you sort of a once-over. Does he like my hair? He definitely gets stuck on your hair for a second, and then... Whatever's going through his mind, he decides to move past it. Corbin does a cartwheel in front of the bone. <laughs> uh, why don't you make an athletics check? All right. <laughs> That's nine. So, Corbin, you attempt to make a do a cartwheel in front of the bone, and you land on your ass in front of this guy's feet and sort of do a ta-da. I do, I do snow angels in the sand. And I Vanna White over Corbin, <laughs> like, as if he definitely meant to do that. Thank uh, you. He points at the jawbone and he holds up five fingers. Oh, I shake my head um, and I hold up 15 fingers, including a hand that is made of my hair. (laughs) Uh, The guy steps back and he says something. Uh, And he looks at the orcs and he says something to them and they sort of shake their heads and they're like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) Um, And so he he looks at you again and he bares his teeth. Uh, The same way you saw earlier. With the other man who is haggling with the orcs, he holds up six fingers. Um, I I make two hands with my hair, and now I'm holding up 20 fingers. So uh, the guy pounds on his his chest with both fists, bares his teeth, and he holds up six fingers again. Okay, in response to that, Corbin does the crow caw. Can you please? Can you please? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The man... The man laughs at you. He just laughs in your face, and he walks away. Uh, well, that didn't go very well. What do you think we did wrong? Was it the somersault? Was it the crow caw? Was it just your whole deal? Maybe it was you just holding up a bunch of fingers like an idiot. <laughs> fingers are a great deal-making method. Read the room. People are screaming at each other. We're not in a room. I'm confused. <laughs> Corbin! It's a turn of phrase. I just want to sell this job out. So as you guys are screaming at each other, the old lady, uh, Dokela, comes up behind you. And she very gently puts a, a hand on your shoulder, Fran, and she holds up ten fingers. She points at the, the jawbone and holds up ten fingers. Mm, okay. I give her a big smile. Okay. So uh, she points out to you as another person is coming up. And she, she beckons that person over very, very gently, or at least gently for an orc. Mm-hmm. And that person comes over and he looks down at your jawbone and looks at you guys. And again, he sort of gets stuck on your hair for a second and then yeah. just sort of moves past it. Okay. And he holds up seven fingers. I hold up ten fingers and then I add, um, have Corbin hold up two fingers. <laughs> I do it. I hold up two fingers. He bares his teeth at you and he holds up eight fingers. Um, <laughs> I just start screaming. <laughs> Corbin beats his boob window with his fist um, and then we we hold up 11 fingers yeah okay he he takes a step back and he's like look, sort of looking at the orcs and the orcs are all sort of covering their mouths and looking away like they're trying really hard not to laugh very rude where they're gods <laughs> uh, but he he takes a deep breath and he pounds on his chest with both fists and he screams and he holds up nine fingers, and he, he makes like a no more gesture. What's he wearing? He is wearing a sort of light leather armor and a bandolier with daggers in it. Corbin holds up nine fingers and points at his bandolier. <laughs> you get me. You get yeah, me. yeah, yeah. I knew where you're going. <laughs> okay, the guy grumbles for a minute, and then he reaches back and he unfastens his bandolier and he hands you a heavy sack of coins. Oh, hell yeah. Boom. Nailed it. So, and he takes the jawbone and he lifts it pretty easily (laughs) uh, and slings it over his shoulder. And he shakes his head and he's muttering as he walks away. So, and then when you guys go, like, to dump out this coinage, so if you were going to estimate, you'd say it's about 900 coins. All right, well, let's divide it up between us. Sounds good. 
And um, we're going to have to cut that bandolier in half. Yeah, that's fine. How uh, <laughs> is it? Do we want to just like screw the bandolier? Let's and take- do it. Let's do it down the middle. Let's both wear it at the same time. <laughs> Let's strap ourselves together inside of it. <laughs> All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Is that is that canon? Is that what you're doing? Canon. Yeah. We don't need to do it now. But okay. that's the plan for later. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you guys want to do? Now you have some money. Do you want to go look around the market, or are you just going to hang out with your orc friends? Um, I'm going to consult my friend, Fran. What would you like to do? Fran gets a shiver, and then... <laughs> so I think we should go pick out the books we want to keep, and then maybe tell them they can sell the rest if they want to? Sounds like a plan, Fran. <laughs> Alright, so um, let's go. Is that white-haired orc still yeah. there? She is standing guard in front of the okay. book. She won't let any of the orcs get close to it. Okay, so let's go over to her. And I try to go look through the books. Does she let me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she lets you. So what what kind of books all did we get? Did, did they get pretty much everything? N- not nearly everything. No, they okay. had to leave a ton of it behind. Right. What I remember you did specifically find a couple of magic books. Oh, yeah. Magic. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm sure you want to grab those from the sled. Yeah, yeah. We, so I'll get the magic books and... Yeah. Are there... I have Okay, so I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One, is there a language on Elvish book? And then do I see any elves? Because I can speak Elvish, so if I saw an elf, I might try to approach them and speak yeah, to Yeah, there them. is a book on Elvish, but it's on ancient Elvish. Okay. Um, so it is not particularly useful, useful. to you right now. Cool. But yes, there are elves in this market. There's not very many. And actually, again, I'm going to have each of you make intelligence checks. Uh, 16. Mine's less than that. It's uh, 15. <laughs> okay. Um, Mine is more than that. It's 16. Mine is less than that. It's mm. 15. So Fran, one of the things you notice as you're looking at these elves, the elves look different than you know elves to look, just like they're ears are longer um their facial features are just a little less close to human Hmm. if if you were going to hazard a guess where in estra everybody sort of intermingled and the races ended up looking more similar here it seems like the races look very different and that they Mm -hmm. have not intermingled at all and actually as you're looking at these elves you realize the person that you think of when you look at them is actually cecilia the few times you saw her face she looked more similar to these elves than she did to other elves in Estra. Oh, my God. All right. Good to know. Very fascinating. Great job, Kat. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Don't get too excited. I'm, I'm angry. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to know. I That's just, fine. Sometimes don't worry you about get it. angry when you don't know things. That's real. Do they, do they so see true. any, like, smart-looking elves? No. Do I see an elf that, like, um, looks nice? Or approachable. Uh, yes. There's one merchant stall um, where they're selling cloth. Uh, and the woman out front seems very friendly. I want to go to her and I say hello in Elvish. She sort of looks at you and looks sort of taken aback. And she repeats the word for hello back to you. And then sort of stumblingly says, do you buy the goods? Uh, I say I need help in Elvish. Okay. She doesn't seem to understand. I say I'm a poor urchin boy and I need help, I guess. She continues shaking her head and then she offers you some cloth. Oh, that's sweet. I shake my head. Okay, well, um, so we got our books. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really go with to the orc or the elf person. Mm-hmm. I gesture to the remaining books and I like hold up the coin purse and I like give a thumbs up to the white haired orc and see what she thinks about that. She shakes her head like viciously. No, 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 no. I like look confused and I'm <laughs> like, why? But she doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> she she just spreads her arms wide and she shakes her head. She's staying here with these books. Mm. That's end of her story. And Fran, while you are trying to ask the orc about the books. Corbin, I'm going to have you make... I'll have you make a wisdom check. Nine plus six, 15. Okay. As you're sort of just finishing up with the woman, a little girl takes her hand. And you feel soft all of a sudden. 
and it's just like your mind just sort of softens as she takes your hand and without a second thought you're walking with this little girl and as you're looking at her (laughs) at first you think she's really pale and then you realize that she's covered in this white chalky paint she has very pale fine hair that is uh, down to her waist and on her forehead there is drawn in red paint a circle and a line through it that goes down her nose and over her lips and chin and down her neck and disappears underneath this shapeless brown tunic. And this girl, she leads you through the market, out sort of the other side of it, to a hastily assembled tent that seems to be near, like, the rubbish piles. And once you're inside, you see on the floor of this tent, it's completely empty, except for a tarp and the body of a vulture. And this little girl picks up the body of a vulture and hands it to you. And I'm going to have you make another wisdom check. Okay. That's a 10. Okay. That does not pass. So you don't quite understand, but you feel this intense sensation of deja vu. And you take the vulture from her and you don't even think about it. You break its neck and you speak words that you don't understand and you have never heard before. And you set the vulture back down on the tarp. And for a minute, it's still. And then it twitches. And it raises its head. And it blinks its dead eyes at you. And it says, Hello. I'm sorry to approach you this way. But I have no other choice. I am Fioni. I need your help. I knew you would not listen if I spoke directly to the ones who cannot hear like you can. Let me tell you my tale. Two thousand years ago, I thought I was in love. Torva cherished me, dedicated his battles to myself and my followers. But in time I found that it was not love. He had conquered me, and I was his prisoner. When he broke desert and let loose the world flame, I learned and knew that he could not be stopped. So I made a vessel he could not find. One that would change faces endlessly. My followers took bodies from every battlefield. We made this vessel in secret for myself to inhabit. I hid among the refugees in Kai's forest. And when she lifted us into the sky, I thought I had escaped. But then I was discovered. Even a vessel that changes faces cannot hide forever on an island that small. Even then, I did not weep, for imprisoned in that place, I was still far from his clutches. But he found me, and I could not run. He cast me out and sealed me in my realm. I cannot manifest unless I'm summoned now. You must help me take it back. I know where he's hidden it. 
in a place far north of here, in the mountains. He has no use for it anymore. He does not want to be tied to one vessel. Now that his plan is done, but he still looks for her, and her light shines brightly with the vessel in the mountain. He hides his spoils of war. There you'll find a cloak that can hide godly light, made by Janbo the mask maker. It is the only thing that will hide her from him. He will hunt you down without it. Release my vessel to me. Cloak is yours. And then the vulture collapses again, and the girl approaches you with a map and hands it to you. And the map is on a black parchment, and in white there is a mountain drawn, Torva's jaws. You can see labeled in the peak of this mountain. In like Estra writing, yeah, in writing you can understand. Oh. So the little girl hands this map to you and closes your hand around it. And she then takes you by the arm and leads you out of the tent and back into the market and leaves you there. Uh, And then you wake up and you feel like you're suddenly in control of your body again. Do I remember that? Yes, you do. Oh. Uh, uh, So... Fran, uh, from your perspective, Corbin has been missing for about 20 minutes now. 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. All right. So, like, he walked off by himself. He's probably just, like, checking out the culture. It's fine. I start making my bird calls because I'm very scared. And as a scared bird, I just start to scream. And uh, actually, someone else hears that. Oh, cool. Laika, as you are just parting ways with... Uh, Shaw, you hear these panicked bird cries that you have heard before. My eyes widen and I immediately, I say, come with me. And then I start charging after in the direction of Corvin. And I'm assuming everybody is going to follow me. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, the goddess, the wolves, everybody just charges after you. And I'm screaming Corvin. I'm still going, hua, hua. I start doing your crow calls back to you. Oh, I'm crying. I, can, you, can we hear that? <laughs> I hear some wild stuff and I start coming over too because I'm like, what's going on? I hear Corbin and I also hear an imposter Corbin. <laughs> um, so uh, it doesn't take you very long to see through these crowds of people. Your friend, it's Corbin standing there sobbing making crow calls <laughs> i charge him in a hug oh i accept it i go limp because i'm terrified i cling i cling to your little armor i lift you above my head yes oh my god throw me <laughs> i throw you in there i catch you like yes. uh make an athletics check all right uh fail <laughs> <laughs> okay so you grab corbin you throw him up over your head and um you are not as strong as you thought you were because you haven't eaten, I mean, you've just eaten for the first time in days, like your first substantial meal. And so you sort of toss him and he just falls directly on top of you and both of you go to the ground. I'm crying. I come up and I see this tableau and I just freeze and my eyes are really wide. And I say, what did you do last night? Barf.
Dad. Oh shoot, what is his name? I just put his name as Dad Orc in my notes. Dad Orc. I was because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have my notebook when I was writing this. I, I was writing on the bus. That. I fucking love that. Okay, no. Orc. So his uh, Nodreg. That was his name, Nodreg. So uh, as you are getting off and uh, emptying the sand from your goggles, Fran. <laughs> um, Dad Orc. God damn it. <laughs> Four lifelong gamers. Four longtime friends doing a real play 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Including such themes as. Ooh, awkward. NPC romance. Darts to the butt. Chopping things with axes. Find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Twitter, Facebook, or Twitch. New episodes every other Sunday. Or every other Wednesday on Twitch. Check out our website, www.theventuremaidens.com. And start the quest today. Until then, venture away.